Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Mindong. 145 days until the 2020 season tips off. Season is approaching, and today is another very special day in this podcast as we welcome former Texas A&M Corpus Christi coach, ready to debut at his new head coaching job at Western Kentucky this fall. Coach Steve Lutz is with us today. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great, fellas. How are you guys? Doing well, thank you. Doing well as Al. I'm going to kick things off. How excited are you for the new season to begin? Oh, shoot, man. Man, that's a loaded question. Um, We've still got a couple scholarships to fill. We've got uh, a lot of scheduling to do. Um, So, I mean, I'm not ready, nearly ready for the season. I'm obviously excited about the future and excited about moving forward. But, man, we just have a lot to do still. Definitely agree. But uh, before we get to that point, Let's go all the way back to the beginning. And uh, the biggest question of them all, how did you get into basketball uh, at a young age? Man, um, obviously, I, I I played, you know, growing up. I was like any other kid. I played everything. Um, I got to high school and played for a Hall of Fame coach. Um, my sophomore year of high school, I break my ankle playing baseball. So I didn't get to play you in the summer and all my buddies and those guys are advancing. I'm behind. I get into my junior year. I'm not playing, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I get frustrated, but I have the love for, for basketball, even though I was probably a much better baseball player. And uh, probably a lot of that has to do with just the, the program in high school, my high school coach, my buddies, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so luckily Um, I get a college scholarship. I go to Ranger, Texas, which Rangers, man, if you've ever been to the middle of nowhere, it's right next to it. Um, So I go to Ranger, Texas, and I'm there, and it really wasn't for me. Um, I was recruited at the uh, NAIA level, and I thought I was a Division I basketball player. Like, I thought, hey, man, I should be playing at the University of Texas. So I was obviously a, a kid that didn't have a clue. And so I get out to Ranger and I'm like, this isn't for me. Texas Lutheran still has a scholarship open. I transfer at Christmas and uh, then I end up there the rest of my career. So um, just got into basketball after college because I really didn't, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't know what I wanted to do, but in college, I wanted to get a degree in business, but math isn't my, my deal. Like I get into accounting 101 or 202 and I'm busting my tail to get a C And my advisor, who was the teacher, tells me, he goes, like, you understand there's three or four more of these that are a lot harder. And I'm like, oh, crap, man, this ain't for me. Um, So you kind of, you know, you look backwards and you say, hey, you had a great high school coach. You have a very good college coach, basketball and athletics and competitive, um, you know, competitive business or something along those lines is what I, I felt was best for me. So I lucked into it. I got a job making uh 186, 14 a month and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. And uh, immediately after your playing career, you went into coaching. What got you into coaching? So I, I'm probably the only one dumb enough to go work for 186, 13 a month. You know what I mean? Uh, it was hard to make ends meet. My parents were great. They allowed me to live at home. Um, I worked in a bar on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday day. Um, and then once I got into college coaching, uh, man, I was hooked. Like this was for me. I was probably a better, I wasn't a very good college player, but I, I felt like I was, I was a better 
coach than I was a player just because I was always the guy in, in college or high school even that was manipulating the teams, making sure we had the best players, making sure that we could uh, we could win. And uh, then you get to college and you can recruit and you can recruit your own team and build your team. Man, it was right up my alley. Definitely. And uh, let's get into that. Assistant coaching, 26 years it was. Incarnate Word, Garden City Community College, Stephen F. Austin, SMU, Creighton, and Purdue. You coached with some very good coaches. Uh, Matt Doherty, SMU, Greg McDermott, Creighton, uh, Matt Painter, Purdue. Uh, what was that experience like for you? And uh, what was the big takeaway from uh, these 26 years? Well, man, each guy was great in uh, in their own respect, right? And uh, we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. But you try to pull from each person, both good and bad. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Matt Doherty was the national coach of the year when he was at uh, North Carolina. So, um, you know, he's been at the top of the mountain. Greg McDermott, Danny Casper, Matt Painter, all those guys, they're very good coaches as well. But you just got to kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like, um, because everyone's personality is different. You know, obviously, um, Matt Painter is a very reserved coach. Greg McDermott, you don't see a ton of emotion out of him all the time, whereas Matt Doherty, you saw it a bunch and, and Coach Casper, you saw it a bunch. So I, I kind of, you know, landed somewhere in between, I guess. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the fundamentals of each and every one of those guys uh, is fantastic. And so I, I really tried to hone in on what made us successful and uh, pick and choose what I liked both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, but with all that being said, like I'm talking about all these guys and and we don't even mention a guy like you know a guy named Jeremy Cox, who at Garden City Junior College, I mean, yeah, for for the job that he did with the little, if not, man, just I guess I should say the little um, budget in the the you were so undermanned for for him to have done what he did there, and then obviously to. Uh, to do what, what we did there together. And then shoot, he won a national title in junior college. So, I mean, I, I've been around some really good ones and, and I've stolen from each and every one of them. Yeah. And after 26 years of serving your dues as an assistant, you took that Texas A&M Corpus Christi job in 2021. What was it like finally being a head coach for the first time after serving all that time as an assistant? I mean, it's great. You got to the NCAA tournament in your first year. Like what else can you ask for? You know, other than uh, other than to win the league, we didn't win the league in my first year. Uh, in our second year, we won the league and we went to the NCAA tournament and we won a game. So, I mean, we, we've been blessed with number one, really good players. Uh, we had two tremendous seasons, but um, you think you know everything when you're an assistant coach and you have all the ideas, you have all the right answers, but then you got to sit in that chair. And man, I know the assistant coaches and I had good ones, but those guys, their opinions and their suggestions, at the end of the day, they don't matter because it's on you. You know, whether they suggest something and you implement it and it blows up in your face or whether they suggest something and it works perfectly and you guys win um, and it's still on you. So the gravity of the situation just grows enormously. Um but, you know, again, it's 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 if you're coaching basketball and, and coaching good kids and um, they're trying more times than not, you're going to end up winning. 
Definitely. And just quickly going back to your first year, you did iterate this already, but what was that experience like going to the first four of the March Madness tournament? First time in school history or in 15 years per se. Um, and yeah, you guys were the fourth seed in the uh, Southland Conference Tournament. Ended up winning that thing. Just tell us about the postseason experience from your first year as a head coach. Yeah, I would tell you the whole year was an experience. I mean, we started off tremendous. I think we were non-conference. We were 10 and three and the three games we lost were uh, at A&M, at Notre Dame, and at, uh, I have to think about the other one, but I mean, we had a chance to beat Notre Dame on the road. Um, Texas A&M, it was a good game all the way until the last, uh, I don't know, probably 10, 12 minutes of the game. And then, you know, things got out of hand, but nonetheless, my point being is that we started off great and then we stunk right around January, early February, we lost five in a row um, things were bad. Um, I had to let, I had to let a young man go from the team. Um, you know, we just weren't doing the right things that helped us be successful, which in turn led us to be the four seed in the tournament. Um, but I always felt like we had enough in the locker room. I felt like we had, um, the right pieces. We just needed to get, you know, guys back on track. And fortunately we were able to do that. And we won a bunch of games down the stretch towards the end of the conference and then obviously we rolled into the conference tournament and, and won four games and got to the NCAAs. Um, and then when you get there, it's all surreal. I mean, it happens so fast. Um, our league tournament ends on a Saturday night. You get home around two or three in the morning. Um, selection Sunday is, mon is, you know, the next day at five. And then you're on a plane. You're supposed to be on a plane at like 9 a.m. And we had, we had travel issues. So we're not on that plane till 12 and uh, you land, you go straight to the arena, you miss a gym time. I mean, it was just too much. Um, and in year two, we changed a lot of the way we traveled and practiced, which helped us, I believe. Yeah, talk about uh, that second season more a little bit. I mean, you guys uh, took the conference regular season and the conference tournament. You guys won a tournament uh, game and you guys battled hard against the top team in the tournament. Alabama, what was that season like for you, your second year? Yeah, it was fantastic. But again, kind of totally different in the non-conference. We weren't as good, right? We didn't win as many games, um, you know, and this is taking nothing away from um, UTRGV, but we lost on the road there um, when we had beat them a week ahead, a week prior, probably about 20. Um, so we had our, our trials and our tribulations in year two. Um, but once we got into league play, we opened up at Northwestern State who had beaten TCU on the road in the non-conference. It's a brand new coach. It's New Year's Eve. And we're opening up at their place. And, and by all the metrics, I mean, they're the best team in the league. And uh, we go there and we beat them. And then, uh, you know, we, we end up doing well throughout conference uh, play. We had a week-long stretch where we lost on the road a couple games and we got, we got beside ourselves and, and got away from what we were good at. But Overall, we had a, a very even-keeled season. We went into the conference tournament um, as the number one seed and played in the conference tournament championship game um, without, you know, what some people will say our best player um, in Terion Murdoch. He blew his knee in the first two, three minutes uh, and, and ended up winning the game. And then, you know, you get to Dayton and you beat SEMO and then, you know, we lose to Alabama in the second half by one point. And, and obviously they they were they were way ahead of us in the beginning of the game and they held on to that but still I mean it, we played well in the second half once we settled in so we had a great year we had great players um, all of those guys have graduated you know that we brought in 
um, that are finishing their eligibility. Um, we had like a 3.36 GPA. I mean, just a fantastic year. Um, and then obviously your world gets turned upside down and you take a new job and you got to start all over. And uh, that's where we're at today. Yep. And speaking of that, that job is now at Western Kentucky, as you can see behind you. How hard was this decision leaving Texas A&M after two years and going to a, a new school in Western Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard, guys. I mean, you you know, I obviously I formed great relationships, you know, down in Corpus Christi. I mean, my president is, man, she's the best. I miss her. Um, you know, my athletic director had left right before the season and went to Georgia Tech. So the the playing field for me had changed a little bit. But then we hired a, a guy right before or I guess maybe right after I left, um, who's a great guy. Um, but nonetheless, it's a hard decision. My daughter's a high school senior next year. Um, you know, and she's decided and, and my family has decided that they'll stay in Corpus Christi for her senior year. So I'll be without them this year. And all those things factor into it. But with all that being said, I mean, you have an opportunity to go to a place like Western, you know, who's been to Sweet 16s, who um, has won the conference over and over and over, has been to Final Four, has a great, great history and tradition. And uh, you walk into that situation um and it's totally new but it's it's exciting and uh you know i think we can do fantastic things here yeah and before we talk about west kentucky how happy are you that your former assistant jim shaw is now the head coach of uh, corpus christi guys you have no idea i mean uh, when it you know it took me 26 years to get a head coaching job right and jim shaw obviously um, along with Cole Dewey and Ralph Davis and Kevin Jewell and um, all the GAs that we had, like those guys are paramount in this success. But when you can help him realize his dream of becoming a head coach, um, when it's so darn hard, um, man, it, it really, it makes you feel good inside, but he deserves it. You know, just like those other guys on that staff will deserve to get head coaching jobs down the road. Um you know, the downside of all this is when you leave, it's in your contract that now you got to go back and play those guys. So we got to play a home and home with them, which which stinks because you don't ever want to play your friends. But I'm incredibly proud of uh, of Coach Shaw and those guys and think they're going to do great. Definitely agree. But uh, back to you now. Uh, big expectations coming up this upcoming season. I know you said earlier this episode, uh, there's still a lot of things left to be said and done. But what are your expectations and your thoughts for this upcoming season with your new team? Uh, you know, I, I mean, my expectation is always the same, right? That we need to win the league and then we need to win the tournament and then we need to go to the NCAA tournament and win games. I mean, uh, you know, Western Kentucky's had 43 conference titles, right? And their expectation is to win the league and their expectation is to go to the NCAA tournament. And uh, that's what we're we're brought here to do in addition to all the other things um, you know, like graduating guys and doing things the right way. But ultimately, you get measured here on going to the NCAA tournament and winning games. And so that's got to be our focus. Um, you know, we've had to revamp the roster a little bit. We were able to retain uh, four players from Coach Stansbury's group, and they're all good kids and good players. Um, and we had to add or we've added seven thus far. Um, you know, we still have a couple scholarships open and it's, you know, middle of June. So um, we have a lot of work to do ahead of us, but I really do believe that we've got the the right pieces in place and we're moving the right direction. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, you won't be with your family for this year, but how do you find a balance in life between your family and basketball coaching activities like scouting, recruiting and et cetera? 
Yeah, I don't know that you ever do. Um, I don't I don't know that coaches have balanced lives. I'll be very honest with you. It's hard to have a balanced life um, just because, you know, I mean, you think about it, there's 350 division one coaching jobs. So the amount of coaches that want those jobs, uh, the pressure is really hard to get them, number one. And then once you get them, the pressure to keep them and be successful is even harder. Um, and, you know, it's enormous. So you have to spend an, a lot of time, you know, honing your craft and trying to do uh, make sure that your program's in the best position to be successful. Um, but with that being said, I mean, you have a family and and uh, you have to be a husband and a father and those sorts of things as well. So, you know, I try to shut it off when I when I go home and we're eating dinner. I don't keep my cell phone at the table or um, when I go to my son's or my daughter's games, you know, I try to be present in the moment. And uh, when I try, when I'm not in the office, you know, I try to be dad, I try to be a husband and, and, and leave the rest behind, but it's very hard. Definitely. And uh, back to the coaching, uh, obviously you are a head coach now, but what was your biggest piece of advice from your time as being assistant, if you had to pick one? Uh, just always to stay humble. You know, I mean, uh, college basketball, for sure, college athletics in general. I mean, it, the the success is very fleeting. Um, on one day, you're on top of the world. And the next day, you know, shoot, you could be fired. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that none, none of us are probably as good as we think we are, but we're also not as bad as we think we are. So stay even keeled, stay humble, always try to be a good person and treat people the right way. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you do all of those things and you can lay your head on your pillow at night and feel confident that you did those, man, everything should work out. Yeah. What are your future goals as a head coach? Well, I mean, I obviously talked about going to the NCAA tournament and winning games. You know, I, I've been twice in both years as a head coach. We've won a game in the first four, but now it's time to win a game in, in, in the NCAA tournament, you know, in the round of 64 and get to the round of 32 and beyond. Um, you know, that's what you're, you're striving for each and every year. And that's got to be our focus um, each and every day here. Definitely. And just quickly, once again, what are the roles of a head coach versus an assistant? Are there, obviously, there's a lot of big factors, but what are some things that you've seen that are really drastically changing? Um, you know, I'd say this. I, I think the roles are very similar because at the end of the day, you're always going to mentor your players. Um, probably the biggest difference in in being the head coach is that you have to you have to worry about everybody you have to worry about your players your staff when you're an assistant coach you're worrying about players that you're you're on your current roster and then you're recruiting but as the head coach I mean you have to make sure that you know your assistants and their wives and their families are in a good position as well and then you you know and I say this to people all the time, probably the hardest thing to do is manage people because we're all wired differently and we all um, think about things differently. So I'm wired to be focused on one or two or three things and to knock those out and then move to the next thing. I'm very uh, process oriented, but not everybody's that way. And you have to learn to motivate your, your staff just like you do your players. And uh, that's difficult at times. Yeah, and like we mentioned, you were assistant for 26 years before you got your first head coaching job. Do you have any advice to aspiring college head coaches? Uh, yeah, I mean, keep your head down and work. At the end of the day, if you'll keep your head down and work and don't get caught up in the social media, don't get caught up in the self-promotion, don't get caught up in, in the BS, for lack of a better way to say it, and you'll work, uh, you're going to 
you're going to rise in this profession because those that aren't able to um, stay true to the process and 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 stay focused on what they need to do each and every day, they end up don't they end up not being successful in this business. Um, and so if you can you can stay focused and stay a good person and work your tail off and just keep building and building and building, just like you tell your players, I think that you're going to always end up uh, in the right position where you're supposed to be at the end of the day. Definitely. And this question we did add, we apologize. We didn't give you enough time to think about it. In your career thus far, assistant and head coach, what is the toughest team you had to prepare against and the toughest coach you had to match up against? Uh, man, anytime you play – uh, those guys that play the Princeton, like we played uh, Northwestern at some point um, early on in my career, well, or at Creighton, and then we played them early on in my career, if I'm not mistaken, at uh, at Purdue. Those teams that play different offenses that you don't see every day, especially if you're an aggressive defensive team, um, they're hard to prepare for because you have to be able to change your mindset just for that game. And when you, you know, you try to prepare in a one, two, three day span, it's really, really hard. Um, and then what was the other part of your question? Uh, toughest coach map matchup against. Ooh, I don't know, man. I, I obviously I've been against the Jay Wrights of the world, the uh, John B lines of the world. Um, there's so many good coaches. It, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd have a hard time thinking through that one. You'd, you'd have a lot of them. I'd say that. Very fair. Yeah. yeah. I got a question though. What, tell me men here about this uh, Bryant basketball gear that you have on right now. <laughs> so if I send you a Western hoodie, you're going to wear it? Or is that how this works? Yeah, of course I will. We, we love merch. We get merch from our uh, the players we interview as well. But yeah, I'm a manager at Bryant. So why not rep it? No doubt. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. But yeah, um, last night, the Nuggets won the NBA Finals in, in Game 5. What are your thoughts on the NBA Finals? I know you were probably watching it, I assume. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it always helps to have the best player in the world on your team. Um, but, I, I mean, I would think, uh, as most people probably would agree, Coach Malone and those guys did a fantastic job with that team in the playoffs. Um, they've got a good group, just a good group. It looks like they like playing with and for one another. And that's such a big deal in, in college athletics, especially in the NBA when you have guys making so much money. Um, but those guys genuinely seemed happy for one another. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when, when you have the best player and he can go get your buckets and he can control the game, that just puts you in a position to be successful. 100%. And uh, what do you think the difference is with the NBA and college? Do you think there is a difference between the two? Oh yeah, there's an absolute difference. And and it's funny, we were just talking about this, I don't know, this weekend because we had a team camp and coaches were, were at the coaches social and we're just talking hoops. You know, in, in college, you're going to get 30 games. Maybe if you're lucky and you win all the way to the final four, you could probably get to 40, right? Um, and you're going to get a hundred practices or a hundred plus practices. Well, in the NBA, you're going to get 30 practices 40 practices and you're going to get hundred games. So it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different training regimen. And then the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, when you go to college, uh, you get to choose your college, you get to pick where you want to go. You get to pick your system. Um, and there's a lot of different people 
that can have success in college that can't have success in the NBA. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that maybe your game translates better to college than the NBA. But the NBA, they pick you. Like they pick the best of the best. And um, their mental side of it is just unbelievable. So to watch NBA practices and see how quickly those guys adjust and adapt, oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's really fun to watch. Um, whereas college, there's more teaching probably to it. Definitely. That's very good insight. And uh, yeah, that is all we got for today. Coach Lutz, we thank you once again for coming on. Hope you have a very good season at Western Kentucky. Best of luck in your future. Any final words for you? No, guys, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, anything I can ever do to help or you need something this way, holler at me. Thank you, sir. And uh, that is all we got for today's episode. We thank you guys for tuning in. As always, it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for tuning in.